Welcome. This is Lisa, and you are listening to Those Catholic Shrinks with Lisa and Regina. Today we're going to be talking about the difference between counseling and confession. And we actually have a special guest with us today. We have Father Ben with us. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Happy to be with you guys today. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. And I must ask, what are you all drinking today? (laughs) Uh, It's delicious, whatever it is. We are actually having um, a Harvest Blend Herbal Tea. It's caffeine-free, which is good, because I already had two cups of coffee today. (laughs) It's so good. It's amazing. It has cinnamon, which is one of my favorite tea ingredients. Um, Hibiscus, ginger, chamomile. Mm. It's so amazing. The more you steep it, the more cinnamony it gets. Basically, it tastes like fall. Basically. It's pretty festive. This is like probably my second or third cup today, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So yeah, so you mentioned counseling and confession. I think um, we kind of were discussing it before, and it was kind of an interesting topic of what what are those areas in at least, you know, Catholic life will kind of be getting really Catholic specific in this episode, but um, where there's some overlap between counseling and the spiritual life. And Mm -hmm. particularly, you know, this is why we wanted to have you here, Father, was to talk about, have your knowledge about the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, and where are those areas that are similar? And Mm -hmm. obviously, how are they different? And how can people tell the difference? Because I feel like in a lot of, a lot of people's perception is, um, that you might only need one versus the other or mm. one can replace another. Mm. And I think that's why it might be important to make those distinctions so that you can be aware of how each can be useful. Yeah, I think that's a good jumping off point too, is like for the Catholic, the confession's always going to be a necessity on some level. Um, yeah. But counseling might not be, and that's okay, right? right? Like not everybody needs professional counseling. But I think also it's important to to like kind of speak against that societal stigma that says like of counseling is like for people who are super broken and like their lives are totally train wreck and disorderly and mm-hmm. you know they must have an addiction or they must have some kind of compulsion that you know is like just really got them at rock bottom and like that that's not really true and that's not true right. but that's not what confession's for that's not what counseling's for that right mm-hmm. confession isn't only for murderers or right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't go to right. confession unless you murder someone yeah it's, it's one of my like kind of like pet peeves in confession is people would say things like uh you know forgive me father i've sinned um you know i'm a really good person and i try to live a good life and then they like tell me about good things that they're doing. I'm like, what about your sins? Because <laughs> like, I don't, I don't come to the confessional thinking like, um, oh well, everybody who comes in here is a really bad person. Mm. You know, like my starting point is these are all people who are made in the image and likeness of God. They're good. They're essentially good, mm. and they they like myself make mistakes. They get off track. They lose focus. They stop being aware of God's presence, mm. and so they do things that can be offensive to Him and hurtful to themselves and others. And so they just want to get right with God, you know, and mm. kind of get back on track and have that peace of knowing God's mercy. So maybe we should start with some general definitions um, yeah. that when we 
reference confession or reconciliation, when we reference counseling, yeah. you know, what are we talking about? I kind of feel like what I just said actually serves as a really good okay. definition. <laughs> you know, and maybe to add on to that, right? Confession of your sins. I guess it sometimes it seems like it's it's obvious, but for some people it's it's not always that obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your sins? Make sure you name them. Express sorrow for them. Um, make an amends to to do better going forward. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a sacrament, right? Right. We always celebrate sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like we just do things like confession out of out of obligation, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you know that Catholic sense of guilt, you know, and um, which is really very often kind of this um, shame that's not really from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we can come, we, we celebrate sacraments. We don't just kind of go through the routine. Uh, we're there to celebrate God's mercy and the fact that it can recreate me, make me new. Yeah. I, go ahead. Yeah, well, I like one of the things you said is you made a distinction between guilt and shame there. And yeah. I think that's really important because we do hear a lot about Catholic guilt. Mm-hmm. And um, like, how can you reconcile this idea of guilt with also this idea of counseling, which, you know, very much is very big on, like, you shouldn't be shaming people. And I think Catholics would actually say the same thing, which Mm -hmm. is that, like, there is a big difference between guilt and shame, Mm -hmm. um, and that guilt would say that you have done something wrong, Mm -hmm. and shame would say that you are a bad person. Yeah. And it sounds like what you're saying. There's something wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounded like you were saying that the, the Lord isn't trying to shame you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like he knows that you've done wrong. You know that you've done wrong. He wants to forgive you. You want to be forgiven. So guilt acts like pain in the body. It doesn't feel good, but it has a really important function. Mm-hmm. And shame doesn't have an important function. It's not a, like a healthy function of the body. It's the devil trying to kick you while you're down and keep you there, mm-hmm. keep you from turning back to God's mercy and be able to grow out of whatever just just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm tangenting a little bit, but it's it's making me think of one of our previous episodes, you know, when we talked about the difference between anxiety versus, you know, an actual phobia, mm. you know, an everyday daily kind of stress. So, you know, a similar analogy, right? When you're, so certain levels of stress are normal. They're motivators to help us, you know, mm-hmm. do that, get that deadline done on time. They give mm-hmm. us that a little adrenaline boost, practicing your speech, you know, whatever it might be. But eventually it gets to a point where it's incapacitating and not very helpful. And I think that's very similar with the guilt and shame. It's, right. you know, healthy level versus an unhealthy level. and could mm-hmm. be a sign where you're more in need of God's mercy or more in need of getting that additional support through counseling, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. Mm-hmm. I guess we haven't defined counseling yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which. Which I, that's so seems like so amorphous of a term, you know, Mm -hmm. like how do you even begin to define counseling? Yeah. Um, I would say um, in general, I would say it's some type of process, a confidential process, which you could say confession is also confidential. You definitely say that. Um, Confidential process with a professional where you're looking at behaviors, patterns, thoughts, feelings um, about a specific situation mm-hmm. and how you can make whatever type of changes the individual hopes to make based on 
whatever the circumstances are. That could involve looking into someone's past or it could involve just dealing with only with whatever might be happening in the present. Mm-hmm. That is very a very organic definition. Yeah. It's, um, I think of it as a, a journeying with people through their struggles. Mm-hmm. When life gets really hard and you don't want to walk it alone and you want somebody who's, I think we, we might have talked about this in the first podcast, somebody who's objective, mm-hmm. who maybe isn't like enmeshed in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't an integral part, maybe not enmeshed, but isn't an integral part of your life that, that kind of can't see the bigger outside picture, not be because neutral. they don't love you. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, um, a counselor is somebody who can be neutral mm-hmm. and who also has the expertise of, um, of, of diagnosis, of, of diagnosis, the field of psychology and all the mm-hmm. things that kind of come with that, um, and how to stay objective mm-hmm. um, and how to help somebody in their growth process. Um, and, um, and I think that an, a big difference between counseling and confession is that it doesn't have to contain sin. Right. And that oftentimes some, some of what people come to us with is that they are the ones that have been wounded instead of mm-hmm. necessarily being the wounders themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we talk about confidentiality, and it, in the confessional, it's it's um, it's one of the few absolutes that you're going to run into in this world. Is that <laughs> there is no exception? Yeah. Um, that if a priest breaks the seal of confession, like he's he's up against a pretty pretty stern punishment, you know, and um, quickly have his faculties removed and not be able to practice his ministry. Um, so it's it's not something that that we take lightly at all, and. I remember in the in the seminary even, um, like when that was when that line was drawn, we were so used to, like, well, this is the standard, and this almost always applies. And here's a couple of times when, you know, there's exceptions that are made, and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's there's a certain amount of gray area, and so if these circumstances come about, then you know, this other avenue opens up. But every t- every if you know somebody would raise their hand back. Like, but what if, and, and the, the teacher just kind of repeated, it was like, no, mm-hmm. absolutely never can you break the seal of confession. Mm-hmm. So we take that super serious. I'm going to reach for more tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good. Um, and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's so absolute. It's even to the point where a priest cannot even act on their knowledge. Correct. It's not even, you can't even just tell anybody, but you can't even act on the knowledge that you have. Right. Or even if a judge were to or intervene, you you can't be, I don't know, what charged with anything for not revealing information. Right, they could subpoena like me for information right. and put me on the stand because they had some indication, you know, or there, some suspicion that maybe, you, you know, know, a person of interest or suspect had confessed to me um, that they... they I can't talk and they can't actually make me talk. I'm not like that seal is actually protected by law in our country as well. Right. So, which I, that's more protection than we have as therapists. Absolutely. You know, if we're in that situation where we're subpoenaed, we, we have to present ourselves, but we can still refuse to divulge unless a judge court orders you to reveal. So I can Mm -hmm. show up, but then decline revealing any information. But if the judge orders it, then we have no choice. Mm-hmm. And so that's really nice and very appealing with the idea of confession, of knowing that that's safe no matter what mm-hmm. the circumstances right. are. Yeah. 
when you were talking about the definition of counseling, um, I think when you look at them, you, you do see a lot of overlap too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're all journeying together with these people. We are dealing with a lot of their problems and issues and things that make their life more difficult or things that weigh on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's a lot of overlap, but then there's also like some exclusive things, you know, right. that um, only happen in confession like that, the absolute nature of that seal or mm-hmm. um, the fact that it has to be about like, we can't have the sacrament, a valid sacrament without form and matter. And part of the matter is, what are your sins? And mm-hmm. and and show me that you're contrite for them. You right. know, and in counseling, you could talk about a big problem, as I understand it, right? And and there's nothing to say like, well, this is this counseling session doesn't count unless you tell me you're sorry for it. <laughs> That's so no, true. Absolutely not, right? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, and and I think for us too, you know, you it's a one-time experience. It's not necessarily a one-time experience, but that confession is a one-time confession. And for us, it's like, okay, we can maybe work on that later. Like they're bringing in this one issue and we're going to kind of keep following that with them. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a continuity that goes with it mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ours aren't necessarily finite moments. Whereas I think yours can be and cannot be it at the same time. Yeah. 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 Where you might have somebody who's coming to you for regular confession. Yeah. That could be either way. You could, you could run into somebody once in the confessional and they can be behind the screen and you don't know who they are and they don't know who you are and, and you'll never interact again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could interact again, but neither of you would know it, or the priest wouldn't know it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so there's something like beautiful about that to me is like mm-hmm. that the person can get what they need given their situation, right? They're just in a place where they need to be totally anonymous, um, you know, because that's that's what they need in order to, to process what they're what they're dealing with. So be it, you know, mm-hmm. and. And then there's those that, um, you know, they come, they sit in front of me and I've seen them a million times around the community or whatever. And I've seen them, you know, however many times sitting in front of me in confession. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the beautiful things about that for me is that in going, like I'm at a parish where we have confession every day, um, mm-hmm. Monday through Saturday, twice on Saturday. Um, and so I, I hear lots and lots of confessions. And whenever people ask for it by appointment, you know, on Sundays or it's, it's just that we don't have a, a set time on Sunday, but people come up all the time. Father, you know, do you have a minute for a quick confession? Absolutely. And then we'll kind of step aside and make good use of the sacrament. But um, um, I can see somebody over and over and over and over again. And sometimes um, they'll even start by saying something like, Father, forgive me, I've sinned. Um, it's been since the last time I saw you in confession. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could you do that. Remember? I'm using that one next time. No, don't because oh, okay. never mind. <laughs> my, As if you would remember. My response is always kind of like, I don't, I don't remember how long that's been. Like, mm-hmm. because like I'm not, I'm not so interested in what your sins are. I'm really interested in like God's mercy, mm-hmm. right? Like, I've kind of, I've heard it all, and so um, there's certain things that get your attention, right? I mean, but the they don't, they don't hardly almost, almost never do they stick in my memory. Hmm. And, um, that when I see that person, if I know who they are, if I see them outside the confessional, I, I, I don't remember seeing people going, Oh, I can't believe it. they told me those things, you know, hmm. I, that, that, and I, I thank God for that. Um, but it's, it's like, um, I don't want to remember them first. 
like I got enough going on in my life and in my ministry that um, I don't, I don't, I don't have any desire to carry all that around with me everywhere mm. I go. Like I'm not in there for the for the gossip for the juicy stuff, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm in there to to set you free from that load. Mm. And when I leave, like I unload it on Jesus. Like if there's something that weighs with me, it sticks with me. I go, I can't believe that happened to this person, or that you know that they're dealing with this. I'm immediately going to prayer with that, mm. and going, mm. Lord, I don't think that you want me to like. So besides praying for for my penitence, which I do regularly, I'm trying mm. to offer little sacrifices for them. Um, there's, there's not a, a whole lot of sticking going on mm. there. Even if I, even if I did want to, like my memory's not that good. <laughs> even if I tried, right, like if I, if I could try to come up with a list of all the people who'd been confessing with me, and then I had like on a parallel column, all of the sins that have ever been confessed to me and try and match up who had done what, <laughs> what a rat's nest that would be you know and my brain doesn't work that way and i'm really glad it doesn't yeah um and i i think i think a lot of priests would say the same yeah i think a lot of priests would say the same hmm. you know I, as you were talking i was getting this uh image of you know those movie scenes of somebody going to confession like you had mentioned the black screen and you know, and, and the shadowy, mysterious figure right, on the other side with the collar, purple stole. <laughs> but I feel like there have been times, you know, in television where I've seen that represented, and the person doesn't have confession or the sacrament at all. They just kind of <laughs> talk about their problems, like almost right. as if the priest is their counselor or bartender or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is, it's wrong. And then they get some advice and they leave and I'm, and the scene's over and I'm like, that wasn't confession. What, is, what just happened? Like, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't even absolve them. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened here? And so I feel like that probably could perpetuate a lot of confusion mm. because I know, you know, in confession, there is counsel that mm -hmm. a priest can give. Um, but is it counseling? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think fair question, right? Because the word's right there. Um, counsel is given. Is it counseling in the in the same sense that y'all do it? No, you know, like the priest, you know, I don't have another priest friend and we don't have a podcast called The Other Catholic Shrinks. You know? <laughs> Those other Catholic shrink priests. Um, we, you should be those Catholic healers or something. <laughs> those Catholic priests. So I mean, in a sense, you could you could say there's there's a lot of things that are going on in the confessional, and um, you know there's there's absolution that's happening. There's a lot of listening that happens. Mm -hmm. There's counsel, advice that's given, kind of, or some direction. There's a lot. Of, sometimes there's questions that are asked, mm -hmm. not in like a prodding, like I need to get into the nitty gritty of your details of your sins, but. Um, you know, just to kind of clarify or to, or to ask kind of an open-ended thing to get them to dig into it more so that, mm. um, so that they can understand themselves themselves better. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's deliverance going on in confession. There's, um, there's, you know, a, a father loving his children kind of a thing that goes on in confession. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's got all those different kind of facets to it. That's, that's part of what makes, makes the sacrament so beautiful. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, and then one of the things that I was thinking too, as you were talking that I noticed a difference that I didn't necessarily think of initially is that, and I'm wondering how you deal with it is, um, we cannot counsel somebody that we know. 
Hmm. Like, that is not something that we can do. That's mm. called, it's called a dual relationship. Right. Um, and so if a friend says to me, hey, I'm having a really hard time, you know, would you mind meeting with me? I have to tell them no. Right. And um, that's because of that inability to be neutral and objective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yet I know that you probably actually see your friends in confession. And then the people that you work with on a daily basis, the parishioners, and these are people that are, like you said, are in your community. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not even just that like, oh, okay. I kind of have to meet with them. It's that that's the you are the proper person for them to go to confession with because right. you're in relationship with them almost because you are a spiritual father to them. So kind of how do you manage that, you know? Yeah. Well, I think part of it um, is the grace of orders, right? Mm -hmm. That the sacrament of, of ordination is called holy orders, right? The, the grace that's given to the priest in the sacrament of holy orders allows him to do priestly ministry, mm. you know? It doesn't just give him the ability to get the job done, right? Mm -hmm. um, it gives him the grace to be able to deal with the responsibility that's been given to him. Mm -hmm. um, the The other way to kind of look at that is, you know, the, the grace of office. You know, that when the church assigns you to a particular position, right? That God God knows what's going on with, mm -hmm. inside of His church. And so he's giving the graces that you need in order to fulfill that role that's been entrusted to you. Mm. Um, so first of all, I would, I would, yeah, I look in that direction and say, how do I manage that? God's grace, mm. right? Um, there's people that say things to me all the time, like, you know, I, gosh, I just, I don't know how you do, I couldn't do that. And not in, not in a prideful way, right? I just say, you're right. <laughs> because you're not a priest. Right. right? Yeah. Because I've been given a grace that you haven't been given, mm -hmm. right? And um, you know, I you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be the kind of husband that Dan is to you or Andy is to you, mm -hmm. because I don't share the sacrament of matrimony with either of you, mm -hmm. you know. And so that that grace is given to love your spouse in a sacrificial way. You, know, you pour yourself out more than you do for, I mean, like anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, excluding perhaps your children who also kind of wrapped up in that same sacramental bond. Mm -hmm. um, not kind of, they, they are, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's kind of where a lot of the separation is able to kind of keep things um, to manage the balance there. Mm -hmm. I think the other part of it too is, um, yeah, because I'm not carrying it around, because I'm not remembering it, because it, um, I don't have clients. Mm -hmm. right? I think there's a big difference between counseling and confession is that y'all have clients mm -hmm. and I have penitents. You know? right. um, the, the only qualification you need to come to me is, are you a sinner and are you sorry? Mm -hmm. um, and that uh, it's um, in, a, in one sense, it's meant to be a little bit more relational. It's not that y'all don't have relationships with your clients. Yeah. But I think the, the priestly, the fatherly role in confession is meant to be a little bit more personal. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's it's meant to be um, a little bit more caring and interested, mm. um, and not that we that we want to be so tied in that we're not objective. Mm -hmm. we definitely right. want to have an objective response here, right? Yeah. But um, I think there's a part two where people people want to know that like. Well, my priest really, really cares about me, you know, right. and that, um, that he, he is like sharing this journey with me to, to the extent that is appropriate. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a different type of role. I feel like with counseling, there's a professional more. It's more of a professional type of relationship. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there is a level of caring and and concern, but the way you're describing it, especially in that fatherly role, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely there's a, a difference there. Yeah, I don't look at my clients and think like, I'm being a mother to them right now. Like, I don't think that when I'm working with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I have had opportunities, too, where I've recommended for clients to go to confession. And or, you know, I've had, you know, people just people who I know ask what they should do in a certain situation. Maybe they've had counseling in the past, but they didn't feel like it was very helpful. And, well, you know, is this spiritual or demonic? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I talked to my priest and. He told me to go to counseling, and so I'm like, what should I do? I'm frustrated, and I've said that before. I feel like um, a priest told me this before. I can't remember if it was you or somebody else, Father, but um, saying, you know, when you meet, when you receive the sacrament of confession, when you go to confession, you are, in a way, that's handling that any potential spiritual demonic things that somebody might be worried about that is receiving healing Mm -hmm. and taking advantage of the sacraments that are available to us it doesn't always need to be this big dramatic you know exorcism Mm -hmm. like problem right you know there is real power yeah and so you know Mm -hmm. sometimes i've taken advantage of that in recommending for clients to be aware of utilizing the sacraments Mm -hmm. alongside because when there are op- there's avenues of healing that can help make breakthroughs and treatment. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely couldn't agree more. I mean, um, I've, I've heard it said um, by renowned exorcists, one confession, one good confession is better than a thousand exorcisms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, this is, the, this is the sacrament that's instituted by Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You go John 20, and there he is, breathing on the apostles and saying, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. He received the Holy Spirit as he's breathing on them. Mm-hmm. It's a very kind of Jewish, very incarnational. The word that, that for breath in Hebrew is the same as the word for spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them. Mm-hmm. It's very intimate. It's very like in your face, but mm-hmm. t- with tenderness, right? <laughs> um, not in your face. <laughs> in <laughs> your <Yeah>. face. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's close, right? Um receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive or forgive. Why is Jesus doing this unless he expects for people to come to the apostles asking for the forgiveness of their sins? Mm. Why would he give them that authority? And of course, that's handed on through the apostolic tradition as they lay hands and call new men to their same ministry that Christ is endowing them with these same spiritual gifts um, to put to the service of his people. Mm. Um, And so... When that sacrament is celebrated, when God's mercy is flowing or that kind of guarantee behind it, the devil can't be anywhere near that. Mm. All right? I mean, like, unless unless there's already some kind of, like, full-on possession and the person's incapable, for whatever reason, of making a good confession, mm. like, the, the, the need for exorcism is real, but it's rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, extremely rare. It's hard. It's hard to emphasize how rare it's actually needed mm. especially you know that's something else that hollywood will perpetuate like, right oh if there's something that feels kind of spooky like get get you know, the exorcist yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be spinning heads and green vomit and all this ridiculous stuff and he's on speed dial too by the way yeah, yeah. Sure. there's a number just for a, him just a short <laughs> little text you're, you'll be there right in the chat. <laughs> huh. 
but I do have a question for you that kind of I think is is kind of paired with this. You know, we're kind of talking about the way that that reconciliation kind of can't be com- replaced. And I know that there's also moments when you're in the confessional and you're working with the penitent and you say like, this is more than what we can mm-hmm. work on mm-hmm. in the confessional. And I think you need professional help. So how do you, how do you begin to make that choice? Sure. Um, it's, it's a great question. I, I think usually when, um, well, usually the penitent lets you know pretty quickly. Um, mm. by the way that they're talking about something or the way that they can't stop talking about something. Mm. Uh, or you can tell that there's, they're hungry to ask more questions and that you can tell they really want direction and they want answers and they want kind of a hands-on approach, somebody who's going to be there for the, for the long haul. Mm. Um, you know, or it, just particular issues that they might bring up. They might bring it up in confession because they know that I can't say anything, mm. but it's not necessarily a sin. It's something that, they've gone through something that's happened to them. Mm. Um, and so if that, if something like that comes up, then it's like, okay, well, I might be able to help in as much as I can help in a, in a moment within confession. Um, but yeah, when I, when I know it's, uh, we, we have a certain amount of, uh, counseling training from seminary. Um, some of the techniques that y'all are experts in, we've, mm-hmm. we've learned about them, you know, over a number of semesters with some kind of elective kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe it's like a, mi- a minor in psychology, maybe enough for that. Um, <laughs> but, um, but since we're not pros and experts in it, um, I'm pretty quick to offer referrals. Um, mm. you know, uh, or, or even just to say, hey, I'm really glad that you're bringing this up. Let's kind of focus on your sins right now because it's, we need to kind of stay within the confines of the sacrament. But I think that what you're bringing up is really important. I'd love the opportunity to, to meet with you again and mm. follow up with that. And if in exploring it, I'm going, this is, this is something that needs extended professional assistance, you know, um, then let me, let me refer to some people that I know that can, can do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is just, even if it's something that I feel like maybe I could help out with a little bit more, but I got 5,000 families in my parish alone to yeah. try and serve. And so I, I can only do so much. And, and then, uh, you know, it's, it's better to go to the specialist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I think is really beautiful about, you know, kind of the differences and the, the similarities between the two is they kind of, they, they're like a Venn diagram. Yes. yes. They, they mm-hmm. overlap, exactly. you know, but there's parts that are distinct to the other, but yeah. they complement one another very mm-hmm. well. Yep. That was the word I was looking for, complement mm-hmm. earlier. It's perfect. I've had a, some really good experiences working kind of hand in hand with um, a penitent who I make a referral and they go see the counselor. And they give the counselor permission to talk to me. Mm-hmm. I can't talk back to the counselor, but then the person gets the benefit of the sacrament. I get the benefit of what's happening on the other side of the confessional. So when they come back, I have a greater context within which to kind of help deal with what, mm. what they're what they're confessing, what they're what they're going through. Mm. That's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Talk so, about holistic yeah. services. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah, we're reaching the end of our time. Um, I could keep talking about this. I know, for I want to keep time. going. This is really good. Let's let's do it again sometime. Yes, please. Have an, another another pot of tea. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and for your wisdom and insight. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege. Well, thank you so much, Father Ben. You bet. We will see y'all next time. See you next time. Bye.